Hi, my name is Roberta Jones, and I look at the past to see into the future. Hello, dear listeners. As you know, the job of a futurologist, and specifically my job as Roberta Jones, is to better understand the world around us through objects of the past, as I am convinced that by retracing our steps, we can really learn how to build a better world for our future. So, in the previous episode, our main focus was on patriarchy, seen through the metamorphosis of Medusa. But today, we'll be talking about another iconic woman, mother of all mothers, the Great Mother, who the Church likes to portray as white and flawless, the Virgin Mary. However, we're going to look at a very different portrayal of the Madonna, the Black Virgin Mary. There's a statue of a Black Madonna in San Francisco, more than 10 meters high and shaped like a missile. She is a Black Madonna with a golden veil on her head and exposed breasts. The sculptor is the Italian-American Beniamino Bufano, and the Black Madonna is one of what he called the Peace Statues. During the Cold War, Bufano proposed the work to the Soviet Union with a delegation of artists in order to send a message of easing of political tension between the two parties. But the presidents of both countries refused it. Now, this Black Madonna is not only finally on display to the public, but she has become a symbol of the recent fights for rights that are shaking the Americas and the whole world. These recent fights are connected and bound at the core, at the very root. We are talking about the movements for ethnic equality and gender equality. What these struggles have in common is a claim we can call as many have, the fight for the right to exist. So, what's this Black Madonna all about, then? This claim for a right to existence has very ancient roots, and these struggles are linked to a series of cultures that historians and philosophers call submerged, that are hidden for different reasons, but mainly because they have been oppressed for centuries. These cultures find their radical representation in the figure of the Black Madonna. When people in the West think of the Madonna, they are unlikely to picture her as black or Asian, Indian or brown, as Western tradition has created a careful and lasting propaganda of the image of the Virgin Mary with flawless white skin. But actually, there are 741 Black Virgin Marys in Europe alone and some other Black Virgin Marys in other parts of the world, such as the famous Virgin of Guadalupe in Mexico. I'd like to talk about one particular Virgin Mary that is in Tindari, a town in Sicily, not only because I have Sicilian origins, but because I find her story super fascinating and representative of what the Black Madonna has come to symbolize. Sicily is a melting pot of cultures, a land of stratifications of different societies and customs. It is a land that for centuries has been dominated and plundered, but also enriched in certain ways. It has been Greek, Roman, Byzantine, Arab, Norman, Austrian, Spanish and Italian, of course. The dominations followed one another 
and all had to deal with a core of popular and peasant beliefs that played a massive role in the people's vision of life and the world. So let's start with the story of one of the most famous Black Madonnas in the world, one of the most ancient and beautiful, one of the most worshipped figures in the popular turmoil that characterizes these submerged cultures. We are talking about the Black Madonna of Tindari, located in the ancient sanctuary of Tindari, the city founded by Dionysus I in 396 BC. It was probably Persephone's first sanctuary, perched vertiginously more than 200 meters above the Tyrrhenian Sea on the northeastern coast of Sicily. More about Persephone later, by the way. The wooden sculpture, made from a rare type of cedar wood from Lebanon, can be dated to between the end of the 8th century and the first decades of the 9th century and comes from the east. The Black Madonna has a characteristic long face, not easily found in other Western religious statues. She is holding a black baby Jesus on her lap and she is wearing what looks like an oriental turban on her head. The Black Madonnas of Europe share some characteristics. They are all wooden statues of a similar size, they are said to perform similar miracles, and they are in places of worship dedicated to pagan deities before their transformation into Catholic sanctuaries. It is said that the Byzantine statue of the Black Madonna of Tindari came from the East, transported in secret during the so-called iconoclastic persecution. In the Byzantine Empire, during the 8th and 9th century AD, it was forbidden to worship icons, and those who dared to venerate icons were persecuted. The ship carrying the statue had taken refuge in the Bay of Tindari to escape a storm, and when the sailors tried to depart again, the ship would not sail. The sailors then decided to deposit the cargo ashore, piece by piece, thinking that it was the heavy weight that prevented the departure. But only when they had brought the statue ashore was the ship able to sail again. This fact was interpreted as the powerful wish of the Black Queen to remain in Sicily. The statue was then taken to the hill above, inside a small church that was later enlarged several times to accommodate pilgrims who were attracted by the statue's reputation for performing miracles. This and other Black Madonnas are the objects of a visceral veneration by the people, and many Black Madonnas are linked to legends of this kind. It is the Black Madonnas who choose where to stop, and the people feel a special affinity with them. Sometimes the Madonna is revered more than the God himself. She is the queen of the fields and fruits, lady of compassion and succor for the poor. In many popular myths, she can decide who receives forgiveness and who enters paradise. The veneration of female deities, which began long before the arrival of the Madonna, black or otherwise, takes its origin from the veneration of the Magna Mater, the Great Mother, recognized as the divinity and sustainer of human life. She had many different names among the peoples of the earth, such as Aphrodite, Gaia, Demeter or Venus. However, she was, in essence, always the same divinity, understood as the source of universal life. But the legend linked to the Madonna of Tindari doesn't stop here. It is said 
that a woman came to the sanctuary to venerate the Madonna for curing her sick daughter. When she finally arrived at the sanctuary and saw the Madonna's face, she was disappointed by her dark color and said in Sicilian, Ah, venio di lontano, pivirere a una che brutta mia. Basically, this translates as, I came from afar to see someone uglier than me. Shortly afterwards, the child fell from the window of the ancient shrine into the sea. As her daughter was about to drown, the desperate mother then returned to pray to the Black Queen. If you are the miraculous virgin who saved my daughter the first time, please save her a second time. The child was found by a fisherman and was alive, despite the 200-meter fall. This second story is illustrative of the process of Christianization that the Church set in motion from the 5th century AD onwards. When the Christian creed was born and began to spread throughout the world, the new religious icons found their place among a varying number of pagan deities, all of whom were well accepted because they were part of a polytheistic veneration. The female deities were on an equal footing with the male ones in terms of the miracles they performed and the veneration accorded to them. The imposition of the Christian proto-church on a patchwork of stratifications of pagan gods took two alternative paths. One was through force or violence. However, this road produced very poor results. The second path was a slow capillary penetration of the new religion into the religious fabric of the society, with the aim to superimpose itself onto the pre-existing religious creeds. The second path was practiced more frequently, producing positive results for the fledging faith, which was able to engulf and metabolize the pre-existing religions, absorbing their rituals. In this attempt by the Church, there were, and still are, several throwbacks to ancient deities, And the Black Madonna is one example. So, the story of the mother who risks losing her daughter twice and twice finds her again shows how the woman's first reaction is the superficial reaction of a society that has been influenced by a Western church that is fundamentally racist towards pagan and non-white cultures. The woman says that the Madonna is ugly because she sees her as black and different from the Madonna represented in the Western Church. But the story then shows a second reaction of the woman herself, more sincere and instinctive, and more ancestral. When the little girl falls off the cliff, the mother throws herself at the feet of the Black Madonna and weeps and begs for forgiveness, praying that grace be granted her again. There the mother is speaking to the Lady of Life and Death the Lady of Regeneration, the original female deity. She is speaking to Isis. What? In fact, the most widely accepted thesis among scholars maintains that the cult of the Black Madonna is a residual survival of the ancient Egyptian goddess Isis. The very icon of the Madonna, especially of these long-faced, hook-nosed Madonnas with a child in their arms, recalls that of Isis holding Horus on her lap. The famous Egyptian myth of Isis has undergone consistent variations in the different cultures that have received it. For us in the West, Isis has an heir in the myth of Ceres, or Demeter as the Greeks called her, and her daughter Persephone. 
Ceres was the life-giving goddess of fertility, grain and harvest. Indeed, next time you eat your breakfast cereal, you may reflect on the fact that the word cereal comes from the goddess Ceres. Along with the Black Madonna, the myth of Ceres and Persephone is also set in Sicily. Perhaps Goethe was right when he said that Sicily is the key to everything. On a hilltop above the Sicilian town of Enna, you can see the Rocca di Cerere, where the temple of Ceres was situated. In Sicily, Easter is celebrated as a festival that some anthropologists explicitly trace back to the figure of the goddess Ceres. Easter as a festivity for the resurrection of Christ is flanked and often overlapped by the festivity for the end of winter and the beginning of spring. In some Easter processions, Persephone and Ceres parade along with the Christian images. Persephone was the beloved daughter of Ceres, who was very protective of her. According to the Greek myth, one day she was abducted by Hades, god of the underworld. Ceres, or Demeter as the Greeks called her, desperately searched for her daughter and enlisted the help of the god Zeus, father of Persephone. Zeus sent Hermes, messenger of the gods, to find Persephone. But when Hermes went into the underworld, he was surprised to find that Persephone was not a distraught maiden, but a radiant queen. She had fallen in love with Hades. He had created beautiful gardens for her and treated her with respect. He entrusted her with helping the spirits of the dead to cross to the other side. So maybe Hades wasn't so bad after all. In the end, an agreement was reached that Persephone would spend six months of the year with Hades and the other six months with her mother Ceres. This is why winter is set to fall on the earth when Persephone leaves her mother to go to her husband Hades and why flowers are said to be reborn on earth when she returns to the surface. Thus, the seasons exist. Persephone, the bride of Hades, was the queen of the underworld, she who held the keys to hell and paradise before they were handed over to Peter in the Christian era. The figures of Ceres and Persephone have been fused over the centuries into the figure of the Black Madonna. How, you may well ask? Well, some of the most important pre-Christian goddesses were worshipped side by side with Christ and the Madonna, openly until the 6th century and in secret until the 11th. And they were associated with the color black. Why? Well, going back to the prehistoric times, black was the symbol of the earth and the great mother goddess, the source of heaven and earth, hence the black Madonna. The darker the earth, the more fertile, so black is the color of fertility. Remember that Ceres was the goddess of fertility and the products of the earth. However, over the centuries, the significance of the color black was forgotten. The black Madonna caused embarrassment and excuses were made for her color. It was suggested that the black Madonna of Tindari was really white, but she had darkened over time due to age, smoke and grime. In some cases, such as the Madonna in Avellino in Italy, black Madonnas were painted white. The anthropologist Birnbaum speaks of a paradox of postmodern Italy in which the wealth of an industrialized country coexists with the ideals of liberation and emancipation of so-called third world countries. 
This paradox is clear in the importance of pilgrimages to the Black Madonnas of the Poor, as the themes of the folkloric tradition are justice, equality, and precisely the right to life of the poor. These Madonnas are concrete metaphors, representations of the liberation of the poor, of the marginalized and oppressed of the earth. The cult of female divinity lasted for a long time, and many historians and anthropologists agree in distinguishing this society, sometimes called the culture of divinity, from the ecclesiastical patriarchal society that followed, and reinterpreted the beliefs as it could. In old matriarchal Europe, the female divinity was the creator of life. In Greece, Rome, and later in the Christian world, she slowly lost her importance and became merely a mother, a wife, or daughter of a god. The ancient Black Madonna is different from her more modern Western prototype, the mother and daughter of God. She is a joyful Madonna. She is sensitive, as the poet Banquero says, to mariachi, Indian, African music. She is sensitive to the mambo. She is the third world and the mother of all. The Black Madonna is strong and powerful, unlike her more modern white Western counterpart, who represents purity and obedience. The Black Madonnas of Sicily, in Tindari, Trapani and around Palermo, have a multicultural and democratic origin that people are not willing to abandon, despite the attempts at whitewashing I mentioned earlier. Modern artists are trying to create awareness of racial and sexual stereotypes. In his portrayal of the Black Virgin Mary, the Turner Prize-winning British artist, Chris Ophelia, addressed the issue in a humorous way. In 1999, he hit the headlines when his painting, The Holy Virgin Mary, reached the Brooklyn Museum in New York as part of a group exhibition of young British artists. The blue gown associated with the Virgin Mary falls open over her curvaceous body to reveal a sphere of elephant dung where her breast should be, and she is surrounded by cut-out images from pornographic magazines of women's buttocks. Ophili said, As an altar boy, I was confused by the idea of a holy Virgin Mary giving birth to a young boy. Now when I go to the National Gallery and see paintings of the Virgin Mary, I see how sexually charged they are. Mine is simply a hip-hop version. The image caused so much uproar that the mayor of the time, Rudy Giuliani, threatened to close the museum, and later an elderly Catholic managed to squirt white paint behind the plexiglass shield protecting the Holy Virgin Mary smearing the paint across its surface with his hands. When the guard asked what had possessed him to deface an image of the Virgin Mary, he quietly answered, apparently without irony, it's blasphemous. Probably the cutout of women's buttocks decorating the image of the Virgin Mary didn't help the painting's reputation. But what Ophelia succeeded in doing here is to play with racial stereotypes around sexuality, availability, and blackness, which received a strong emotional response. The image also asks us to consider why the Virgin shouldn't have been black and becomes a critique of the assumed Anglo-Saxon Sunday school whiteness of many biblical figures. So, did the Virgin Mary really exist? We don't really know. If you're religious, you would think she did. If you're atheist, Maybe not. 
And if she did exist, was she black or white? And does it really matter? I'd like to take this moment to quickly mention a passage from the Old Testament's Song of Songs, in which we have a reference that the Madonna was actually black. Throughout the course of early Christian history, the Song of Songs was widely read as an allegory of the love of Christ, both for the church and for its individual members. And this passage says, I am black but beautiful. O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not gaze at me because I am dark, because the sun has gazed on me. Indeed, beneath the throne of the Black Virgin Mary of Tindery, you can find an inscription that reads, Nigra sum sed formosa, from the Song of Songs, I am black but beautiful. Attention is deliberately drawn to her blackness. It is as if she is telling people not to mess with her colour. She is claiming her place in the universe. As I stated at the beginning, a right to representation is claimed in the Black Madonna. To have a place in society at the same level with the current dominant cultures. It could be said that the Virgin Mary was from the Middle East, so presumably she was dark. Unless you don't believe in any of that, of course. However, since there is not a common belief of what Mary looked like, it is reasonable to accept the artist's point of view in creating a Mary or a Madonna which looks like people within one's own culture. Indeed, there are some wonderful examples of these virgins, even some modern ones, like Paul Gauguin's Tahitian Virgin Mary, Henry Moore's Abstract Virgin Mary, or even Edvard Munch's Decadent Virgin Mary, among many others. Oh, and by the way, you can see all these pictures I've mentioned on my Instagram account, Roberta Jones Podcast. Whether black, dark, white, mixed race, Indian or Asian, people see Mary as a figure who can answer their prayers and one in which divine intervention is sought. She stands for peace, equality, love, forgiveness and sharing among all people. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I really hope you enjoyed. I hope this podcast inspired you in some way. I hope you learned something. Uh, if you'd like to share it, please feel free. It takes me 15 days to uh, research, write, record the podcast. It'll take you 15 seconds to share it on your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, whatever you like. It would help a lot. Again, thank you so much. And until next time. Pellegrino che vai a trovare in Sicilia la cara Madonna, la sottenda devi arrivare, presso parte ti sta da aspettare. Abbi fede perché la Madonna ai fedeli incontro che viene, invisibile pose il suo mando sul tuo capo tua prega con te.